Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Thursday, November 30th. Happy sounds good till you think about it day. Which it ain't. I made that up. But hear me out, because there's a couple holidays today that sound good till you think about them. Then they're kind of horrifying. Like today is Perpetual Youth Day, all about staying young at heart. An idea the B system's been pushing since Paul said to put away childish things in 1 Corinthians. Frank Sinatra had a movie and a song called that. The first line of which is, fairy tales can come true if you're young at heart. They can't, but believing in fairy tales is a mark of immaturity and of modern society. So is irresponsibility and falling for stupid stuff that sounds good till you think about it. But Bible y'all Paul, Jesus said we had to be like a child to get to heaven. Yes, but being childlike and childish are not the same thing. Neither is being judgmental and using good judgment. Bad judgment is childish and leads to bad stuff, which is maybe why today is also National Stay-at-Home Cause Your Well Day and National Methamphetamine Awareness Day, cause laying out of work to party like a nolte is the next stop on the immaturity bus. And remember on Giving Tuesday, it was all about being charitable, which is a good thing, unless what you're giving is support to a childish drug addict so he ain't gotta get clean. That ain't charitable, that's destructive, and it happens a lot. Enabler parents blowing their life savings on lawyers and multiple rehabs for their adult kids. I mean, I get that you're worried about their self-esteem, but like Dennis Prager said, we hold in contempt what we do not earn. And esteem, like them rehabs, is given and not earned. Respect, especially self-respect, can only be earned, which makes it infinitely valuable, as opposed to self-esteem, which is only meaningful to little kids and collapsing societies. Our reading for today is Daniel 7, 1-28, 1 John 1, 1-10, Psalm 119, 153-176, and Proverbs 28, 23 and 24. So if y'all are ready, let me put it to you this way. You know what group tests super high in self-esteem? Gangbangers. And probably Dr. Fauci too, be my guess. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on November 29th in the Old Testament, we read Daniel 6, 1-28. And when we left off, Daniel translated some really bad news for Belshazzar that was written on the wall by the very hand of God himself. And before the sun came up that night, Darius the Mede rolled in and took the city without a fight. And some sources say it fell to Cyrus the Persian, but the Medes and the Persians had teamed up for the sole purpose of taking Babylon down. And Persia was probably the more powerful of the two, and it's the one that's still around today. Persia is what Iran used to be called. They weren't conquered or anything. They just changed their name in the 30s to make Hitler happy. Iran is the transliteration of the word Aryan. And the Medes were their next-door neighbors to the north. Anyway, Babylon was the Persians' next-door neighbor to the west, in what's Iraq now. And the city itself was at its height during Daniel's time. And probably the most amazing place in the world, and was considered impenetrable. It was 14 miles square, 56 miles around. The Euphrates River flowed right through the middle, so they always had water, had a giant moat around it, and within the moat, there was a wall 50 royal cubits wide and 200 high. So figure an 18-inch cubit, that makes it 75 feet thick and 300 feet high. I read somewhere they used to race chariots around the top of the city wall, just because they could. It had something like 100 gates with bridges over the moat. It had a giant temple to Marduk in it, 
which was a series of eight towers built one on top of the other, the base of which was two furlong square, and a furlong is 660 feet, so probably bigger than the neighborhoods you live in. It was supposedly 300 feet tall, but the paintings I was looking at show it much taller than that. But whatever, it's gone now. Saddam Hussein started rebuilding and restoring the city back in the 80s, and he held state functions there. But, you know, we all know how that worked out for him. So when Cyrus and Darius rode in on Babylon, they easily defeated the forces that were stationed outside the walls. But Babylon had food stored up for decades, and nobody took seriously their attempt at siege. The only thing close to a vulnerability was the river, which was about 260 yards wide and about 20 feet deep. And Babylon had giant iron gates they could open for cargo ships to sail into the city and then close them to keep out everybody else. So, if you can't get over, around, or through something, best just get rid of it. So the Persians dug a giant canal and diverted the river around the city. And when the water was about thigh deep in the river, they snuck in under the gates at night while the king partied and took the city without a fight. So here we are in chapter 6, and Darius is running things. And he decided to set up 120 princes to oversee things, and put three guys to preside over them, one of whom was Daniel, because an excellent spirit was in him, and he was the highest ranking of them three. So, Daniel's running the show. Of course, that just means he's got enemies everywhere, and the rest of the princes conspire to get rid of him. But they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. So all the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, consulted together to make a law, that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, except for the king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Apparently they had a bunch of lions in a cage somewhere. So two things here. First, the commentaries seem to be all bent out of shape over why Darius would sign such a decree. They seem to think it doesn't make sense for him to do that. But I'm saying, why wouldn't he sign such a decree? It doesn't surprise me that he might sign something that gave him godlike status among these occupied people, or that he probably signed a hundred documents a day and may not have even known it. And B, notice what it says in verse 8. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. So according to the Medo-Persian law, once a law is a law, not even the king could change it. That's not the way it was for King Neb. Whoever he would, he slew, and all that. So you're starting to see that this kingdom of silver from Neb's vision is kind of inferior to his head of gold. So anyway, Daniel hears about this decree, that he can't pray to God for a month. But Daniel's like, live for your die, and he goes home and does not alter his prayer schedule one iota, and he gets ratted out to the king. And verse 14 says, the king was sore displeased with himself, because he liked Daniel, enough to put him in charge anyway, and he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he worked on it all day to try to find a loophole in the law, but he couldn't. So he's like, Daniel, I don't want to do it, but I got to throw you to the lions. And Dan's like, do it. So he did, and sealed the door with his signet ring, and went home and fasted and prayed, I guess, for Daniel's God to get him out of this. Next day, he runs down there and is like, Daniel, you okay? Daniel's like, peachy. The Lord sent an angel to shut the lion's mouth, so we good. So they pulled him out, and instead, the king threw all his accusers and their families in the lion pit, where the lion's mouths were not shut by an angel. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, the ones that were worth talking to anyway, and decreed that everybody worship the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. 
He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Darius was impressed. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian, which we'll get to. Yay. Daniel, what a testimony. We see Gabriel show up later, and he lets us know that Daniel is beloved of God. That's what he's called. He has an excellent spirit after 66 years in captivity, over 66 years. He's in his 80s now. Foreign kings promote him at every turn, and he's still going strong with God. This man taught heathen kings to praise and give glory to God. Darius actually testified, prophesied, you could say, over Daniel when putting him in the lion's den. Thy God, whom thou serves continually, he will deliver thee. And his wicked enemies could find no negligence in his occupation for the king. So they appealed to the king's ego to ensure the king would have to enforce the sentence. Daniel didn't have his head in the sand. He was aware of what was going on and it didn't rattle him. Nothing was going to come between him and his God. The wiles of the devil didn't make him stagger because he genuinely loves God. He just kept doing what he does. And then in the New Testament, we read 2 Peter 3, 1-18. This is one of my favorite chapters. Verse 3 says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. Most of the reason people scoff at the Bible is not because they don't believe it. They might not believe it, but that's not the issue. The reason people reject the Bible is because they don't want to give up their sin. They cling to the idea that they get to decide for themselves what's good and bad. And you don't. Period. Verse 4, And saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. This is a scientific doctrine called uniformitarianism, that everything that's happening now has been happening the same way and at the same rate since time began. The opposite view is catastrophism, that some things happen that are upheavals in the natural order of things, like plagues that wipe out a third of Europe might be an example, or the Tunguska meteor. Nonlinearities happen all the time. And Peter says these guys are willingly ignorant that ignore all this stuff and uses Noah's flood as an example of a huge nonlinearity. And he says another nonlinearity is going to happen soon when the heavens and the earth are all burned up. And just because it's been 2,000 years and ain't happened yet, don't let that trap you. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Time is meaningless for God who already knows the end from the beginning in whom is eternity where everything that ever happens is always happening all the time. If you factor in a multidimensional universe, even stuff that ain't happened is always happening. But that's tangential to what we're talking about. Peter says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So when you want God to get vengeance for you, and he don't, it ain't because he don't love you, it's probably because he also loves that guy that did you wrong may be really wrong, like years of therapy wrong, and has given that guy every chance to repent. And God either knows when that will happen, or knows that it won't, and is giving him enough rope to hang himself so he'll have no defense when he stands up in court before God the judge. So Peter says, Seeing then that the whole universe shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? Well, he says, Be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless clinging to the saving grace of Jesus, in other words, like Paul's been telling you this whole time. Verse 16, Peter says, Yeah, I know Paul can be hard to understand, and y'all are wrestling with his teachings, 
But don't be like the unlearned and unteachable who also wrestle with the Old Testament scriptures to their own destruction. And it's wild to me how he equates the Old Testament with the gospel of Christ. One doesn't negate the other. He says to just remain faithful so you're not led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, more warnings to beware of the ungodly and the wicked that would steal our hope if we let them. These folks run among us. The day will come, rest assured, Jesus will come back and be ready for it. Get ready for it. Be holy. Hasten his return and look for the new heavens and the new earth. Peter reminds us that it's up to us not to be led astray, but to grow in grace and know Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 119, 129 through 152. And the first letter we deal with is pay. And the big idea of this section of the psalm is thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. He's mostly praising God and asking for mercy and guidance. And the next section is the letter Zadi. And the idea is God is righteous, and therefore it's impossible for him to be unjust. He says, Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Amen, amen. If we don't love the truth, we will believe a lie. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 28, 21 and 22. 28 says, To have respect of persons is not good, for for a piece of bread, that man will transgress. He's saying if you're the kind of judge that looks at a person's social status or net worth in deciding how to rule, you're no better than the guy that can be bribed with a piece of bread. It's like that old joke where the guy asked the woman, will you sleep with me for $10 million? Oh yeah, absolutely. How about $5? No, what do you think I am? Well, we've already established that. We're just negotiating. Same idea. You're either faithful or you're not. And God's no respecter of persons. Jesus died for all, regardless of worldly status, how tall you are, how short you are, who's your mother, who's your father. And we should do likewise. Because to the hungry, any bitter thing is sweet. And verse 22 says, He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. If you're the kind of guy that only wants to get rich, then you see everything through the lens of how can this help me or hurt me. That's an evil eye. And never consider that you're just a human being like everybody else, and that kind of thinking brings you to poverty. Even if you have all the money, you're still in poverty. Remember, prosperity is the goal, not wealth. And Jesus said the light of the body is the eye. And if our eye is single, our whole body will be full of light. But if our eye is evil, our whole body shall be full of darkness, great darkness. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for November 30th is Daniel 7, 1-28. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion, and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth, and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible. 
and strong exceedingly. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed, and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by, and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me, and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom, and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, and his nails of brass which devoured, break in pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet, and of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints, and prevailed against them, until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom, Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion, to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, and my countenance changed in me. But I kept the matter in my heart. Our reading in the New Testament for November 30th is 1 John 1, 1-10. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and shew unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen, and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. 
And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And our reading in Psalms for November 30th is Psalm 119, 153 through 176. Resh, consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Plead my cause and deliver me, quicken me according to thy word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. Many are my persecutors and mine enemies. Yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. I beheld the transgressors and was grieved, because they kept not thy word. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Shin. Princes have persecuted me without a cause. But my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word, as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee, because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace have they, which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation, and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. Tau. Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. Let thine hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Let my soul live, and it shall praise thee, and let thy judgments help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. And our reading in Proverbs for November 30th is Proverbs 28, 23, and 24. He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. Whoso robbeth his father or his mother, and saith, It is no transgression, the same is the companion of a destroyer. Okay, that's got it for the 30th. All right, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Exodus 20, verse 3, which says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on remembering who it is we worship, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, whether they worship you or other than you, every human being on earth worships. Many have chosen to worship government and made some politician their god, but we know politicians are not gods, nor can they snap their fingers and magically make life any better than it was yesterday for anybody. But we are your children, and that is not our religion. Father, we ask that you help us remember who we worshiped and not be consumed by political zealotry and the religious fervor of the beast system. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yallin' I got for you tonight. 
Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them in some kind of way. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just please don't make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. Mm, Do it again. Start over.